Welcome to Healing House with Dr. Eileen. Dr. Eileen is an international healer, speaker, teacher, and published author of her latest book, Frequencies. Share the next half hour with us as we journey to find balance of body, mind, and spirit in an unbalanced world. We then invite you to call in or log into our chat and share your thoughts and insights. And now your host, Dr. Eileen. Well, happy Thursday, everyone. This is Dr. Eileen with Healing House Radio. And for those of you who are in the L.A. area, as usual, the call-in number is area code 424-258-9337. And everyone else, including all those right here in this beautiful San Francisco Bay Area, the call-in number is toll-free, 877-697-9725. Now, as you know, we have had on occasion, producer Kaina is off doing some fun stuff for herself. So we will be having the chat room open. It's already been opened up. If you want to log into the chat room and just hang out, talk amongst yourselves, that sort of thing, aces. And uh, if you want to call in, make sure you press 1 to indicate that you have a question or comment for me. After the show, I will be logging into the chat room so I can answer any other questions, comments, or concerns there. If you'd like to arrange a private consultation, you can always reach me through my website at www.the-healing-house.com. So today, we're going to be talking about give and take, and something that is said or a very common statement that is said to very active people and myself included is that we need to take time for ourselves. And in the busy and sometimes chaotic world we live in, we often find our schedules filled with things we need to do to take care of other people or to, you know, make sure that the world, our personal world keeps spinning. And often that leaves really very little time to set aside for what they used to call me time. And there was, I think it was like back in the 80s, the idea of me time got very popular. And basically what that means is that you are indulging in something that is designed just to please you, that it's not about doing anything for anyone. This is an opportunity to really just well, for lack of a better term, be selfish. And there's light and shadow in everything, including selfishness. There are times when we have got to set aside just a little bit of time for us to be able to be ourselves, to enjoy ourselves, and to make ourselves our number one priority. And so we're going to be looking at the kind of difficult practice of balancing what we do for others with what we do for ourselves and how an imbalance in that area can have a really significant effect on our mental, energetic, spiritual, and even our physical well-being. So as, as we start off this, I will tell you that I am probably one of the worst overschedulers around. I have my work as a chiropractor. I teach. I meet with people and do spiritual counseling. I am working on my next book. 
I've got all these things, plus, you know, I've got my dog, I've got to take care of the dog, got to take care of the cat, got to take care of the home space. And a lot of times when I'm working with people and, you know, things go long or things go late, my day may start before the sun comes up and may not end till well after dark. So it, for those of you who are right there with me and just constantly busy, yep, I identify, I'm there with you. We really need to start having meetings. Unfortunately, that would just give us something else to do in our schedule, so that really probably wouldn't help quite so much. But the idea that when we set ourselves up in a lifestyle that has us constantly in a state of giving, where does that leave the opening to receive? And the reason I call this give and take, give and receive, to me, receiving is is a little bit more passive. Receiving is, oh, well, if you happen to have some and, you know, you'd like to share it, that would be one thing. Taking means, nope, this is what I have a right to, this is what I owe myself, and I am going to claim this whether anybody else thinks it's a good idea or not. So the idea of becoming comfortable with that taking, giving pretty much anybody who is of a healing nature has giving down pat. It is very easy. It's like, oh, there's someone in need. Let me go meet their needs. And then they find somebody else in need. Well, and then the people get really used to it and they say, hey, you met my needs before. Why don't you do it again? And we can quickly find ourselves in a situation where pretty much we spend most of our day expending our energy to be able to assist others. And once again, light and shadow and everything. Those are some really phenomenal qualities. And the idea that you can get up each day and say, okay, what can I do to improve the life of another? What can I do to help the world around me become a gentler, kinder, more pleasant place? Maybe you volunteer a lot with ecological groups that, you know, promote recycling and taking care of the planet and the animals and the plants and all of that stuff. And that's really, really wonderful. Or maybe it's, you know what, I'm going to go out and I'm going to be, I'm a healer, so I spend my day just helping people feel better within themselves, in their bodies and in their spirits. And, you know, maybe I do energetic healing and maybe I do chiropractic and maybe I do something else. And once again, a wonderful thing. Both of those cases, energy is going out. Now, it is true that when we give, we do receive something back. We do receive that sense of satisfaction. We do receive that sense of accomplishment. You know, we do feel that pride that we were no longer part of the problem but became part of the solution. So those are all wonderful things. And there are points when we all need to be able to say, you know what, I understand that you would like my help right now and I can't give it right now. I need to take some time. I'm going to regroup myself and give me a call tomorrow. It can be really, really tough to be able to set a boundary of, I need to take care of me right now. 
because usually that goes into a place of people feeling like, oh, well, I shouldn't be selfish. If I'm a spiritual being, that means I just give and I become this never-ending fountain of, of goodness and light and hugs and all that stuff. Well, that is a wonderful thing. Unfortunately, we aren't designed to be an endless fountain of, of hugs and happiness and butterflies and, and cupcakes and all that other stuff. We are here to have a human experience. And part of that human experience is getting tired. Part of that human experience is, you know what, if I could have five minutes to myself, I would really be happy. Part of that experience is to cherish ourselves and be able to say, you know what, I need some me time, capital M, me time, so that I can be able to be better at being there for other people if I'm going to take some time to be here for myself. And I have a lot of folks who come to me who complain about their energy being low. Maybe they complain about body pain. Is wow, my back just never seems to never seems to get any better, and and it's just really tight and intense, and I'm having these headaches. And so when we start talking about, well, you know, what is your average day like? And it's like, well, you know, I got to go. My neighbor needs help with this, and you know, it seems like every day I have to go over and help them with this and that. And then, you know, I was cleaning out the gutters for them, and then, you know, I had to go down and, you know, help over at the at the local food bank, and I was hauling, you know, containers for them. And then, you know, my other neighbor needed help moving their piano. And they set into a list of all these things that they do. And when I ask, okay, well, is is that kind of an average day? And it's like, well, yeah, you know, kind of an average day. And then, of course, I have to go to work. And it's like, okay, so what do you do for relaxation? What do you do to unwind? And they look at me as if it's like, well, what do you mean? And I, I always find it very interesting when people really can't embrace the phrase, what do you do to relax? Well, I really don't have time. It's like, you know what? You need to make time. You need to say, you know, I really would love to help you with this, but I can't help you today. Or even let people know a day in advance. You know what? You know, I'm tomorrow I'm going to be offline. That's one of the phrases now because we all use computers and we all know what offline means. That means nothing comes in, nothing goes out. And it's it's second only to the thing being off, is being offline. So the idea that we can take ourselves offline, unplug from things, say, you know what, I need a day just for me. And often it's really difficult because once we decide, okay, I'm going to take a day for me, we have no idea what to do with it. For me, for many years, the only time that I would take time off, that I would take time for me, would be to get sick. And I'm sure there's a lot of you who can identify with this, that you can't just say, look, I need a a day that I can rest and relax, and yet somehow I cannot quite clear it with myself, with, with my inner counsel, look, yep, we're, we're proposing a day off. Oh, heck no. If we're going to take a day off, we have to have a reason. So we get sick. So that is 
without fail, every time that I've reached that point, now part of it is I've worn my system down. Part of it is that I'm probably not eating right. I'm not taking care of myself in the way I should because I'm taking care of others and taking care of other things. And I wear myself down to the point where I get ill. And for the longest time, that was the only time that I would allow myself to stay in bed or to spend a day just relaxing and having tea and drinking soup because in my mind it was okay. If if I'm sick, then it's okay for me to rest. And I realized how foolish that was, that if, I can, if I have to wait until the system has already decided I have no sense so it's going to shut down on its own, if I push my system to that point, what is, what's the use in it? What is the value in it? Yes, I rest up, then I get just enough energy back to get back on the old treadmill and start doing the same things that wore me out in the first place. Being able to identify that you need a break before the system breaks down is tremendously helpful. And as I said, I am constantly, you know, going, I'm interacting with people, I'm, you know, basically I work, you know, almost six days a week. And the idea that I feel that I want to be present for people, I mean, this is what I've, I have worked my entire life to be able to do what I'm doing now. And I feel so blessed to be able to do what I do. And to have a community that supports that. And it's still important to remember, you know what, every once in a while, I need a day off. For me, I decided that I looked at my schedule and I decided what was the least busy day I had, which was Wednesday. Well, I decided, you know what, I'm going to take Wednesday as a day that I don't work. And it ended up developing into a day that I got to hang out with uh, my adopted mom. She is tremendously cool. And we go and, you know, we watch TV together. We, you know, maybe go to the garden shop together. And the thing is, is that that's part of the way that I get my energy back, that I can take off, you know, the hats, the, the half a dozen hats that I wear as a part of my work, as a part of, you know, my, my spiritual work, my chiropractic work, all of that, I get to take all of those off and just be myself and hang around with somebody who I can just be myself with. And that's really important. And occasionally I will, you know, if I don't have anybody scheduled in the afternoon, it's like, you know what, I'm closing up early, I'm going to go home and I'm going to have some tea or I'm going to take my dog for a walk. That is the way that we learn how to balance the give and take because the body is going to express what it is that we're experiencing. You know, there's there's an old saying that the body cries the tears that the eyes don't, which means if you have stress and anxiety and upset and, and all this hard energy you're carrying, if you don't let that energy out through tears or, or through something, then the body will cry those tears. You know, the body will react. The body will hold pain. And I deal with a lot of people 
who a big part of what they're going through physically is based in the fact that they're not taking care of themselves, that they're stretching themselves too thin, that it's always about what somebody else is going through is more important than what they're going through. And that may be true. It may be. And, you know, I I have been a caregiver a couple of times now, more than a few. And it is very draining. Yet it's not like you've got a whole lot of choice. And I do understand that. You know, if you've got a newborn at home, well, guess what? It's, It's going to be a lot of give. And it's going to be exhausting. And I get it. I totally get it. You know, there are situations where you can't just say, well, I'm taking the day off. You know, there's um, a commercial that shows some guy leaning in. It's like, oh, you know, I just want to let you know that I'm going to be sick tomorrow. I need the day off. And then the camera shifts, and it's a baby in a crib looking at him like, what? So there are times when we just kind of have to go, okay, well, I got I got to pull up this energy. I got to pull this energy somehow because this person needs me or this situation requires me. And I get it. Even with that, if you're a caregiver, it is important to have backup. It's important to have someone who will say, "Hey, I'll come over, you know, let me come over at least for a few hours. Go see a movie." Or go take a nap or, you know, go somewhere and get yourself something to eat. When we try to carry those things by ourselves, when we try to be the only answer as opposed to part of the answer, then we end up getting ourselves trapped in that place where it's this constant giving. I mean, essentially, if you absolutely couldn't make it somewhere to take care of someone, something else would work out there would be another option. There would be a second option. If you had never, you know, walked into that situation, they managed before you came along and they would probably manage after you after you left. The important thing is to be able to gauge when, you know, before you reach system collapse and, oh, gee, all right, now I'm sick. Before you reach that point, before your back just locks up ridiculously, before your knees go out, decide, you know what, I need to go and soak in a hot tub for a while. Or I need to schedule at least once a week that I'm going to go and swim some laps at the local pool. I need to take time off for myself. Maybe I need to go and treat myself to a movie, you know, every couple of weeks. Whatever it is, you know, maybe you want to go to a petting zoo. I think I will schedule myself a visit to a petting zoo and just pet small, soft, fluffy things once a week. And to allow that to be your reality as a part of how you walk in this world. How you can be the best person for someone else is that you make yourself a priority. You don't have to be more important than everyone else, but you should be at least as important as everyone else. And yes, maybe there are folks who may not be so happy about that. And it's like, no, I need you to do this. I need you to do that. It's a wonderful thing to help someone to feel more empowered, 
to help someone be able to move forward. And, and it isn't always the easiest thing. I totally get it. That doesn't mean it's not worthwhile. Because the more you move these people in these groups to a place of independence, the less they depend on you. So unless somehow, you know, you may have a hook into I need to be needed, which is a totally other subject, which, you know, really you should get some counseling around. If you can get past the I need to be needed part, you can say, you know what? My neighbor, you know, keeps calling me to do little household things. How can I empower this person? You know, maybe show them how to do some stuff. Maybe connect them with someone that you know who, you know, maybe could use an extra couple of dollars. And it's like, you know what, I know somebody for, you know, just a few dollars can come and help you do this. Or, you know what, I can do this, you know, these three things. The rest you will have to figure out on your own. And I know you can do it. So, you know, you can have somebody, call somebody, call somebody else, and, you know, we can share this. But having one person just like, oh, well, you know, my my sink is leaking. Oh, you know, you did such a great job with the sink. Uh, you know, my toilet won't flush right. Oh, you know, I've got these light bulbs that need to be changed. For someone to be able to learn how to do things on their own so that they can have that confidence. And, you know, and maybe it's an elder. And, you know, if you're helping to take care of an elder in your neighborhood, God bless you, really, honestly. And, and I mean that from my heart. Because, you know, I, I've done it myself, and I know a lot of folks who do. And, you know, especially in emergencies, just, you know, if you know there's an elder in your neighborhood who lives alone, you know, just every once in a while, you know, knock on the door, say, hey, I just wanted to make sure you were okay. You know, it looks like your lawn could could use being mowed. You know, can I take care of that for you? You know, that is a wonderful thing, especially if something happens, you know, like there's an earthquake or something, and, you know, you know, hey, you know, there's someone in that house, they're an elder and they live on their own. Uh, can you make sure that they're okay? You know, speaking to emergency personnel. But, you know, it can be tricky if it's an elder. But being able to have them have somebody else they can call, somebody else, I mean, I think it would be perfect. In a lot of schools, in high schools, they say it's like, well, you know, young people have to do so many volunteer hours. Why is it they can't volunteer to help an elder in their neighborhood? I I would think that would be an excellent idea, to go and mow their lawn or replace the light bulbs or whatever. The main idea is that when we set ourselves up to be the only answer as opposed to a part of the answer, we trap ourselves into falling into that consistent giving state. We fall into that place of, oh, great, here they go, they're calling again. And, you know, when when we go into that, when we get tired and we go into that place of, oh, man, what now? Then we move out of the place where we're getting something back. When we give because it's what we choose to, it's because it makes us happy, that's when we receive back from it. If we're giving because we have created a situation where we're now obligated and we start feeling resentful about it, that thing that we get back from free giving, it's not there. So before it reaches that point, that's when, okay, how do we problem solve this? 
how do we create a change that is going to let me be able to have some me time and allow somebody else an opportunity to be able to give. So, you know, really consider the things in your life that, you know, maybe it's something that you do a lot or, you know, maybe it's someone you take care of a lot or maybe your job is particularly draining. If your job is one that is just taking every ounce of energy that you have and you're really unhappy with it, I mean, you don't have to walk in and, you know, like the song says, take this job and shove it. But you can look around. What else could I do? What else is out there? What would what would I be passionate about where I could still make a living? I mean, nobody says you can't look, that you can't investigate, that you can't seek out something that will be able to take that stress off of you and open a doorway for something better as opposed to just feeling that your life is being sucked out of you at this job that you really don't like. And, I mean, if you have a job, it's awesome. So like I said, you know, this isn't about just walking in and quitting and throwing chance to the wind. It's about making a plan. How do I set this up so that I can be able to be in my place of joy about it? And there's a lot of people seeing a lot of healthcare practitioners who are on a lot of back pain medication and neck pain medication and headache medication, not so much because of what is happening in their body, but because their body is responding to a stress that it, it manifests as pain. Pain is a sign that something needs to change. And what that change is, is a part of, you know, what you have to figure out. But it's important to realize if something is hurting, a change needs to happen. If your spirit is hurting and exhausted, a change needs to happen. And if your your mind is not focusing, if if you're just walking around in a fog, change needs to happen. So by looking at it as what is the opportunity, what, First off, what is this discomfort trying to tell me? And what is it that I can do about it? And I was a primary caregiver for my mother and, you know, when she had terminal cancer. And that was a day in, day out, 24-hour-a-day effort that at any minute, you know, it's like, okay, I need to go see mom. Ed, you know, mom needs to go here, mom needs me. And you know, I was so fortunate because my mother had friends that were it's like, hey, let me take her to chemo. I'm going to take her to her chemo and you, you know, because I was in school at the time. So the idea that there was that support system that eagerly embraced helping the pressure off of me. And when it reached the point where my mother could no longer live in her home and it was necessary for her to go into hospice, she went into the hospice over at the uh, Veterans Hospital over in uh, Palo Alto, California. And that was just such a blessing because that was a way that I was able to take some time for myself and I knew she was safe. I knew I could relax with her being safe. And sometimes it is. It's important for us. It's like, okay, let me, before I go and, and disappear for a day or, or even a few hours, let me just make sure that all these things are covered, everything's cool, 
Now I have no reason not to honor myself. I have no reason not to go for that walk that's going to help loosen up my back. I have no reason not to go and, you know, maybe sit in a hot tub for a while or take, uh, you know, take a swim or do whatever it takes for me to be able to rest and relax. So do your best to find those quiet moments, even if it's, 10 minutes, 10 or 15 minutes to go outside and take a deep breath. Do something for yourself and find a way to make it a habit because the more that you focus on you, the more that you take that, you know, that time, take that me time, once again, capital M, then what you're going to do is that will give you more energy to be able to give. It will give you more energy to be able to support. It will give you more ability and a gentler heart about holding a space for someone who may be going through something tough or to make it through a job that you dislike. So take time for you. Claim your me time and enjoy it. Give yourself permission to enjoy it because, believe me, it will make a huge difference in your body, your mind, and your spirit. So thank you for joining me. And I will be logging into the chat room right after the show. And like I said, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can reach me through my website at www.the-healing-house.com. And you can also friend me on Facebook. And you can follow me on Twitter, which Twitter is really fun. So until next time, I wish you balance and I wish you blessing. I wish you me time that allows you to cherish and realize just what an amazing, special person that you are. And I wish you a support system that helps you to be able to do that in the best possible way. This is Dr. Eileen with Healing House Radio. Take care.